And hello again, hockey fans. Are you ready to once again brave the wild? With me, Paladino Joey. It is episode number 14 of Brave the Wild. Today is Friday, March 6th, 2009. It is great to have you with me once again today. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. On this, I thank each and every one of you, as always, for downloading and listening to this show, the hockey show in the Twin Cities, and an alternative to the Minnesota Wild podcast on wild.com, as this is a little bit more objective, not so much, you know, homerism, as I think that is a huge problem here in the Twin Cities with most media outlets. Too much homerism. Alrighty, anyhow. The sportstuff.com hosts Brave the Wild, of course, and on the front page of that wonderful website, there is a button in the upper right-hand corner that says TSS Board. Simply click on that. That is how you can sign up or sign in and join our forums on the sportstuff.com. Become one of our 300-plus members. Let's get that thing to about 3,000 to 30,000 and beyond. That's the idea. Please do sign up. We need some more hockey fans on the sportstuff.com. Get on there and let's talk some hockey. You can also vote on polls that I do put up there from uh, on occasion. Not every single show today. I will not be putting up a poll possibly next week, depending on developing news with Marion Gabrick that we'll eventually get to. All right. So that's the idea. You get the guest. Today we're going to talk about four games for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, things not looking so great for this team until last night when the Minnesota Wild pulled out a stunning victory against the powerful but struggling San Jose Sharks. So uh, with no further ado, we're going to take us a quick break, and we'll be right back right after this announcement. Here on thesportstuff.com, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. We are back here on Brave the Wild, episode number 14. A reminder for iPod users, do check out Purple Mafia. Lots of free agent news on there. So I did pretty brand new show I did yesterday. Lots of fun, emotional, fun, you know, good show. Do check it out. Viking fans, more than worth it. Sportstuff.com and on iTunes. Alrighty. Let's get to work, folks. Let's talk some hockey. Well, the Wild, unfortunately, were... One and three in the previous four games. Yeah, both teams, the Wild and the Sharks, went into yesterday struggling. But uh, we'll get to that in a minute. First and foremost, Minnesota Wild play the Calgary Flames. This was last Friday, the 27th, so a week ago, at Calgary in the Saddle Dome. Yeah, I don't think the Wild are going to win this game. Of course, they didn't. <laughs> this was not a fun game for our Minnesota Wild. About a week before the trade deadline, the infamous, soon-to-be infamous trade deadline, as we get to that also today, talk trade deadline um, and some other side notes with our Wild. All righty. Um, man. <laughs> Camilleri, that's a guy that we've heard about quite a bit this season over there in Calgary. Michael Camilleri, who is a 30-plus goal scorer now. Well, the first period in this game, the Wild and the Flames, 
were fairly even. Minnesota put up five shots on goal, Calgary six. So not too bad, fairly even, believe it or not, and there was no goals whatsoever. So it's like, hey, this is not too bad. That's kind of how the Wild seemed to start out, you know, playing some nice defense. They they, they fool us a little bit. Hey, we're going to be in this game. No problem. We'll, we'll see what happens. But then Calgary comes out firing in the second period. A total of ten shots on goal, not superly dominant, but efficient. And I mean efficient, folks. Camilleri, yep, the Camilleri, Mr. 31 goals of this year at this point in time. 17 seconds into the second period, gets his 31, 31st goal of the year, assisted by two very familiar names, Craig Conroy and Jerome McGinlan. It's like, yeah, this is, here we go, here come the Flames. Good luck. Oh, great, 20 seconds to go uh, later. Dean Phaneuf, yep, the outstanding 40-point, 50-point defenseman on the Calgary Flames, Puts in his ninth goal of the year, unassisted. 20 seconds later. Yeah, that was fun. <sighs> 2 nothing Calgary. You knew we're done, right? You just knew we're done. You really think the Wild are going to come back from a true goal deficit in Calgary? This team is going to run away with the division, folks. I'm also talking more about the Flames later in the third segment. Or, yeah, in the third segment when I get to that. We are going to talk about the Calgary Flames a little bit as I'm going to do a little prediction on how things might go this postseason, wild or not in the postseason, yeah, Jamie Lundmark then gets his first goal of the season, Jamie Lundmark, about 12 minutes later, Corey Sarich assisting, um, Lundmark was a first round pick in, in 1999, ninth overall pick, uh, definitely a journeyman, hasn't really worked out in the NHL, only 77 total points in 241 games throughout his career in the National Hockey League. But, well, he got it there. That's what that's what matters, right? He got it there. 3 nothing Flames. Pack a lunch, folks. Pack a lunch. Third period rolls around. Calgary puts up 13 shots on goal. The Wild only five. Usually when a team is trailing by three goals, you'd expect them to maybe go on a run a little bit, try to get some shots on goal. Not the Wild. It was the Flames. 13 shots on goal. Dist- disgusting. And, uh, the face-offs, folks, this is just despicable. Absolutely despicable. Calgary wins the face-offs 36-19. to 36-19. I mean, you know the Wild aren't the best face-off team, but Lord have mercy, that sucks. And another disappointing thing, as Michael Camilleri getting his second goal of the game in 32nd of the year, the Wild give up a power play. The number one Penalty kill in the NHL gives up a power play. I mean, it, yeah, of course it's going to happen. It's just that, oh, boy, it's just nothing went the Wild's way on this night at all. They just got beat. They just got beat by a team that is going to win the Northwest Division. Running away, in my opinion, especially, especially after the trade deadline as we get to that. Yeah, I'm going to keep teasing to that. The Calgary Flames are legit, folks. Power play by Camilleri and David Moss getting the assist. Two minutes later, woohoo, the Wild at least break the shutout as they get a total of 16 shots on goal in this game. 16 shots on goal. The Flames score and play defense. They have the whole whole thing. They got everything. They got defensemen, they got forwards, and they got a great goalie just like Nicholas Backstrom. Another outstanding finished goalie. Backstrom and Kippersoff, two of the best goalies in the National Hockey League. And uh, unfortunately, Kippersoff's got a lot more in front of him right now. So, so be it. Uh, Mark andre Bergeron with his eighth goal of the year. Dan Fritchie and Brent Burns factoring in there. Nice to see Burns 
getting some points here as he has been really, really quiet for about a month here. And Dan Fritchie continues to, to get better and better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back to him, too, in a bit. Is I'm starting to like Dan Fritchie, folks. He, he's, he's on the puck quite a bit. And um, yeah, I'm very happy with the play of Dan Fritchie. That trade actually might not be the worst ever. So that's where I'm going to conclude on this game. The Wild just got their, their ass kicked by, by the Calgary Flames. I mean, this, the score says it all. And uh, it just says which team is going what direction at this point in time. That's just the way it is. Now I'm having a little teeny problem with the page loading, but that's that's life, right? That's how things go. As uh, Minnesota Wild, <laughs> this was the first of three consecutive losses, unfortunately, for our Minnesota Wild. As now the page is loading, and I'm very happy. <laughs> Final game in February. The Wild, of course, finished 5-7 and seven in February. Not the best game of the year for them. Not the best uh, month, that's for sure. Just, uh, you know, after the Wild were able to at least finish one game above 500 in January, certainly not the case in this particular game, in this particular day. The Wild now travel to Edmonton the following night. Yeah, after getting uh, manhandled by Calgary, we have to go to Edmonton. And the Wild and the Edmonton Oilers were tied in the standings, completely tied with, I believe it was, yes, yeah, 65 points at the time. 65 points is unfortunate. Uh, the goalies in this game, Josh Harding and Dwayne Rollison. Dwayne Rollison going against the Wild again. The Edmonton Oilers and Dwayne Rollison both had struggled against the Minnesota Wild until a game earlier this season. They, I mean, the struggle was unbelievable, right? But, folks, <laughs> the tides are turning just a little bit. Uh, the Wild had some hope, though, early on. So it's six minutes into the period, into the game. They strike first when Bruno was able to put in Bouchard's shot that hit the post. So, <laughs> Koivu hit Bouchard. Bouchard's shot hit the post, and Bruno was able to finish it. That was good news. I loved it. Um, in the Edmonton zone, Brunette was clearly hit late and injured. No call. No call. So that was a very disappointing right there. Edmonton then quickly took the puck all the way to the wild zone. And Ellis Hensley puts in his 20th goal of the year. Luckily, Bruno, though, would return later in the game. So the Iron Man continues to be what he is. Thank God. So good news does come back here in the second, in the first period, excuse me, as great teamwork by Janssen Olechi. Olechi, I think I finally have it right, is I, I hear them say it, but he's, he's in the game so little and he does so little. <laughs> You don't really hear, you know, I, I can't hear it much, but Janssen, Olechi, and Veyu team up together as Mietnin. I mean, all four of them, Mietnin, lead to a go-ahead goal by Andre, or anti Mietnin, excuse me, I don't know what's wrong with me, with only 35 seconds left in the first. So an extremely late goal for the Minnesota Wild, a huge boost. And it's like, hey, I, I think we're going to beat the Edmonton Oilers. Heck, yeah, we're going to get over that little, quick little uh, advantage that Edmonton suddenly has. Um, James Shepard, folks, he's continuing to struggle. He had a really good opportunity and put up a weak shot that wasn't even on goal. This was in the second period. Just made me angry, very angry. Uh, Shepard, I really don't know what to think of him. I mean, what's what's with, seriously, what's wrong with him? And shame on the Minnesota Wild for not being willing to give up Shepard in a trade proposal for Ole Jokinen at the beginning of the season, or was it before, a little bit before the season? Shame on the Minnesota Wild for not being willing to do that. 
as uh, James Shepard, folks, I don't know. I don't like what I'm seeing at all from this guy. At all. It just gets worse and worse. All right. Five minutes into the second. Zach Stortini. Stortini. Zach Stortini gets his fifth goal of the year. Mm-hmm. He put it past Harding, who didn't even know where the puck was. He just, the puck was moving around so fast. Josh Harding just flat lost it. Um, that was unfortunate. Liam Redux and Ladislav Smid assisting on that goal. Game is tied. Five minutes into the second period. Good, good puff. Ah, excuse me. Good puck movement then led to Tom Gibbert's goal. And with four minutes and 30 seconds remaining in the second, man, it was just very frustrating. Very frustrating as the Edmonton Oilers now lead three to two. So all of a sudden, the Wild not factoring in much. Um, they had so many shot attempts. Now, I'll say really quick, as I forgot to mention, Edmonton and Minnesota. Edmonton had 16 shots on goal in the first period, 14 for Minnesota. That was a very entertaining first period, by the way. The second period, also very entertaining. But the Wild could not put a single puck in the net. Dwayne Rollison continued, as the game went on, to get better and better and better and better. It just was, uh, they were, they were putting everything on goal, but Dwayne Rollison just could not, would, would not let anything past him. So 13 to 11, the advantage shots on goal. Overall, the faceoffs in the game, well, who do you think won, folks? Edmonton, mm-hmm, everybody beats the Wild in the faceoffs. 36 to 31, but not quite as lopsided as the previous game. And before I get to the very entertaining third period, ugh. well, it was entertaining, but unproductive, right? The Wild did complete, did convert, excuse me, two power plays, two out of four opportunities in this game, a 50% power play success rate. Not bad. And uh, the penalty kill, well, they shut down Edmonton's only two chances. Shut them down. So good job for the Wild there. Got to like that. Only getting up, getting two penalties in the game to the Wild playing disciplined. And that counts, right? But unfortunately... <laughs> Things just do not go the Wilds' way in the third period. Right when Burns was wide open with the puck, Fritchie was whistled for interference. That was something that happened in the third period. That was a huge opportunity for the Wild, as they had about a trillion opportunities. But that was one that really, I think the Wild could have scored. There was a really good chance Burns could have scored on that play, because there were basically no Edmonton Oilers near him. And uh, that was awfully frustrating. All right, are you ready for the stat of the night, folks? Are you ready? Are you ready? The Minnesota Wild got 18 shots on goal to Edmonton's three in the third period, and none of them got past Dwayne Rollison. Edmonton Oilers win 3-2. to two. Dwayne Rollison was unbelievable. He looked like... Like, he looked like it was the 2003 playoffs all over again when he shut down the uh, Vancouver Canucks. No, it was the... Uh, Colorado Avalanche, yeah, I remember how there was a switch around. Manny Fernandez ended up shutting down the uh, Vancouver Canucks, the switcheroo. But, um, hey, he looked like he was, he's, he's, Dwayne Rollison looks like he's ready for the playoffs, folks. For, he stopped 43 of 45 shots overall. Good for a 96% save percentage. Rollison looked like the all-star that he was and still potentially could be, despite the fact his age. This guy... Dwayne Rollison turns 40 on October 12th, and uh, he was a great story with the Minnesota Wild. He was the kind of guy, well, in year two, 
it was pretty much Jamie McLennan and Manny Fernandez all over again. But then there was this third guy who had a you know outside chance. We're giving him a shot. This guy named Dwayne Rollison back in uh, September 2001. I still remember him in the preseason. I was actually at a preseason game that year. And he was outstanding in that game. And it's like, hmm, he has a chance to maybe make the roster. You know, McLennan isn't the greatest goalie. Boom, Dwayne Rollison makes the roster. And he just kept getting better and better. And uh, basically a similar thing happened with uh, Nicholas Backstrom, who ended up taking Manny Fernandez's job away years later. Minnesota Wild tend to find diamonds in the rough when it comes to backup goalies who are undrafted. You know, just people that, you know, goalies that people, most people haven't heard of. International hockey fans, I'm sure you heard of uh, Baxter before, but most of us here that watch the NHL, no. No, even, you, you know, <laughs> there's no way. No way. And, of course, Rollison at the time was more of a minor league goalie. So uh, can the Wild do it again with Nolan Schaefer? I don't know. I doubt it. I think he would have been on the roster by now. Maybe. Maybe next year if we trade Josh Harding. All right. I've been rambling for long enough. It's time to move on. Wild get a few days off mercifully. And then they travel to Vancouver. Oh, goody. Tuesday, the 3rd of March. Oh, goody. Nice way to start your month of March in Vancouver. (sighs) Well, the Wild started out nice in this game. Dan Fritchie. Dan Fritchie getting his fourth goal of the year. Colton Gillies. Gillies, excuse me, getting the assist. Not bad. That was only a minute 35 in the game, and it's like, hey, I like this. Wild strike first, nice and early. And um, Merrick Zedlicky once again scoring on the power play. All 10, and this is, of course, his 10th goal. All 10 of his goals at this point were scored on the power play. Because I'm hinting uh, hinting at what happened last night. Mm -hmm. Well, some of you know already, but you get the idea. Uh, Merrick Zedlicky, 10th goal of the year. Bouchard and Koivu. Getting the assist. Those guys are power play mainstays, especially Merrick Zidlicki, who has been wonderful for the Wild. That was his 29th point of the year. And the Wild, only seven and a half minutes into the game, lead two to nothing in Vancouver. And everybody's like, oh my god, this is terrific. The Wild have awakened. We're going to finally get over this Vancouver curse that we've been under the last two to three years here. No, things start to change after that. As about two minutes, two and a half minutes later, Alex Burroughs was able to bury his 17th goal of the year. His first of two goals in the game, by the way. Willie Mitchell and Henrik Sedin, Sedin, excuse me, assisting on that goal. But the wild escape after that, as this was a very defensive first quarter after that first quarter, first period, I'm sorry. Too much sports in my mind here. Seven goals to, or seven shots on goal to six. Minnesota winning in that category. So that was uh, somewhat exciting as the Wild do escape in a defensive battle. But, boy, this second period, it is time for the floodgates to open. Vancouver with 16 shots on goal. Minnesota with only four. You know (laughs) the way way Vancouver came at the Wild in the second period. You knew we were in trouble. Pavel Dimitra, Dimmy, the infamous Pavel Dimitra, getting his 17th goal of the year. Uh, Baxter was outstanding for that in that second period, but you knew eventually the the Canucks were going to get one through. It's about 18 minutes in. That's when Demetra was able to get it in, assisted by the veteran Matt Sundin and Ryan Kessler. Is this a, it's a fairly star-studded team, actually, with the Vancouver Canucks. 
And only, oh boy, only about 30 seconds later, Steve Bernier with his 14th goal, assisted by Shane O'Brien. Shane O'Brien. No, excuse me, I'm not saying it right. And Kevin Bieksa assisting on that goal. Unfortunately, folks, the Vancouver Canucks already, take, I mean, have taken the 3-2 to two lead, and you know the Wild are in serious trouble at this point in time. Uh, third period, well, typical disappointment. Wild get eight shots on goal, but can't get one past Roberto Luongo. And uh, Vancouver's ten shots on goal. Well, Alex Burroughs, his second goal of the game. Henrik Sandin and Daniel Sedin, the Sandin sisters. No, I'm kidding, Sedin brothers assisting on Burroughs' goal there. That was a nice line and a productive line on this night. And that factored in more than anything. Burroughs, the number one star of the game. Henrik Sedin, the number two, three star. And the infamous Pavel Dimi Dimitra. Number two star. Overall, Vancouver with 32 shots on goal, thanks to that insane second period. And the Wild with only 19. Only 19. It's Vancouver always seems to shut down the Wild of late. Uh, back in the old days, Vancouver was more of an offensive-minded team. Now I would say they're, they're a defensive-minded team that have some scores, which it'd be nice if the Wild could have a team similar to this. Just a couple more pieces, you know. Just a couple more pieces in their top two lines would be nice about now. It really would. And the stunning stat, the other stat of the night, you could say, Minnesota Wild win the face-off battle 36-28. to How about that? How about that? Vancouver 0-2 on the power play in the Wild, 1-2. So another 50% power play uh, efficiency for the Minnesota Wild. As their power play has been very good of late. That is another sign of improvement. Unfortunately, the wins, just they're, they're just not there as the Wild have lost three in a row at this point in time. Very frustrating indeed. Owen Nolan returning to action in this day. Uh, only two shots on goal, but of course was a factor like always. Owen Nolan always a gritty defensive forward who actually is, a, is, is offensive as well. A very talented guy. Owen Nolan, despite his, thir- his age of 36. An overachiever, basically, you can say. And now two days later, March 5th, as we conclude the game reviews, the Wild go to San Jose. Virtually nobody in this planet thinks the Wild are going to win, except maybe some goofball like me who thought, hey, you know, we've beaten the San Jose Sharks in the past, right? We've, we've beaten them in the – we've already beaten them this year. And uh, there's something – Funny, funky with the Wild and Sharks for some reason. And it's like you can't put a finger on what it is, but, hey, whatever it is, it's it's there. And uh, part of it could be Todd McClellan, the head coach of the San Jose Sharks, was the Houston Arrows head coach. And people out there may be very upset at the Wild for not keeping Todd McClellan and making him the head coach because look at the success of the San Jose Sharks under Todd McClellan. It has been very, very Good. Unfortunately, the San Jose Sharks, as I'll get into in the next segment, the playoff success hasn't been there historically. It just hasn't. All right, let's get on with the game review. Well, it was a pretty competitive first period. The shots on goal almost even. San Jose 12, Minnesota 11 on that. But, unfortunately, the goals <laughs> were scored by the San Jose Sharks. The Sharks scored two goals in the first period. Joel... Joe Pavlovsky, I mean, they're just filled with talent. 19th goal of the year, Ryan Klo and Millen McCulloch, his first of three assists. He assisted on all three goals in this night. Uh, Ryan Klo getting his 22nd goal 
about three, about, yeah, 15 and a half minutes into the second period or first period. And, uh, you knew the Wild were in serious trouble at this point in time. You knew when the San Jose Sharks scored their first goal, the Wild were in trouble. The second one, the game's virtually over. But let's, you know, let's keep watching. I want to do a good review. You know, I want to, want to, <laughs> I want to be able to tell you like it is, you know, paint the picture for you. Rob Blake, the super veteran Rob Blake, still playing. Millen Mahalik, of course, getting the assist also. And Joe Pawlowski, again, scoring his 20th goal of the year. This was halfway into the second period. Minnesota outshot the San Jose Sharks, as we'll get into that shortly. Why? <laughs> as to why uh, Mark Edward Vlasic and Emilin Mahalik assisting on that goal. Sharks up 3 to nothing. Game is totally over, right? The game is over, but, yeah, let's just keep watching. Let's see what what can happen. Maybe we'll get a nice, a cool little... Uh, you know, goal to save face or something. Maybe there'll be some type of miracle. At least it isn't 4 nothing yet. Yeah, you just never know. Well, yeah, you really do never know as the Wild continued to press and press and press. As there was a lot more grit and a lot more, uh, you know, go get them in this Wild team than there was in the previous nights. In the Wild, something in them, they, they believed something was up here on this night. You could just see it in them. Also, the ice, well... There had to be something wrong at the ice on this night, as there's constant talk about it. As uh, Brent Burns was just literally standing there and just fell for, like, no reason. Nobody touched him. And they're like, okay, the ice has to be a little choppy here. As a San Jose Shark fell later in the game. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get into what's going on in a second with this. First, Miko Koivu, about 18 minutes into the second period, scores. And all of a sudden, the Wild are in this game. Koivu now has tied Owen Nolan. For the goals lead, his 17th goal of the year, Marc-Andre Bergeron and Brent Burns assisting there. So Burns again starting to chip away, starting to move his, 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 his numbers up a little bit as he really needs to do that. He was at 24 points forever. Now he's at 27 after this game. 26 officially at that point. Uh, Bouchard with his 15th goal of the year, the ever-improving Pierre-Marc Bouchard, thank God, scoring. <laughs> A minute later, just a minute later, and it's like, okay, I can't believe this. Minnesota Wilder in the game. Kim Janssen assisting there. And, yeah, seriously, it was like, I can't believe this. The Wild are actually in the game now, 3-2, to two, and we're going to the third period with a 3-2 game. Okay, uh, who knows? I guess there's something with the Wild and the Sharks. There really is something going on. And, folks, Lady Luck was to hit the Minnesota Wild in the third period. They outshoot the Sharks again, 11-9, to as it was a very competitive, very entertaining third period overall. And thank God, Nicholas Backstrom, the newly signed Nicholas Backstrom, was shutting down the Sharks time and time again after Pavlowski got that 20th goal of the year. Merrick Sedlicki flipped a puck on goal. He fit, you know, you never know. Just flip it on goal, see what happens, right? And also you want to be able to flip it and maybe try to get some, uh, you know, Get some type of rebound or get some type of, uh, you know, buy some time so some people can, you know, you can do some type of line change or something. You know, you can replace somebody. Um, <laughs> Brian Boucher got lazy, and he just kind of, you know, did a little nonchalant little kind of like, you know, like alligator arm type of grab at the puck. Oh, shoot, it had a, fun, it had a funky bounce because the ice is choppy again, and the puck goes in. Game tied. Zidlicky with his first goal of the year. Not on the power play. Not on the power play. First full-strength goal 
and it was his 11th of the year, and 31st point of the season. So we have a defenseman with 30-plus points this year. Gotta love that. He is like the the third defenseman to ever do that with the Wild. Fourth defenseman, I'm sorry. Uh, you had, uh, excuse me, you had Lubomir Sekarish in his first year, and that was it. <laughs> Forever. He just stunk after that. You had Kuba do it once. Of course, Brad Burns, and now Merrick Zidlicky. Congratulations to him. I'm sure Bergeron and Burns are on their way as well to join him. That's pretty cool. But uh, all all of that is tied. It was like, oh, my God, the Wild just might win this thing. Um, San Jose, though, had a lot of chances to score late in the first period, including a very ticky-tack, high-sticking call on Cal Clutterbuck with about three minutes to go in the game. And a lot of us were like, oh, boy, oh, boy, wouldn't that just be about our luck? that uh, San Jose is going to convert a power play here. And all that, all that comeback for nothing. We won't even get out of here with a single point. I mean, it's one thing to lose in overtime or in the shootout, but could you imagine if the uh, San Jose Sharks were able to convert in the power play? No, not with this team, not with this uh, spectacular penalty kill. As the San Jose Sharks... We're not able to get it done. They had a couple chances, but could not get it done in the long run. The Wild, by the way, had zero power plays in this game. The Sharks had two. So a very open officiated game. I'm sure a lot of players appreciate that. In some uh, in some instances, um, the Wild could have had a couple penalties called on them earlier, like a possible tripping, but it would have been pretty ticky-tack, I think. Fans constantly booing, and that's just how fan bases are in this league. In any other league, pretty much, they want calls to go their way. And uh, that's just how it goes. Well, overtime period comes. Minnesota Wild get three shots on goal. San Jose gets five. Nicholas Backstrom doing his job with his new contract on the way next year, officially. Uh, but Martin Skula's shot on goal. Brent Burns to Skula, and Koivu directs it in. And the Minnesota Wild win. And there was so much joy. Koivu, of course, with his 18th goal, makes him now the official goal-scoring leader of the Minnesota Wild. And his 59th point of the year makes him, of course, by far the number one scoring leader overall for the Wild. And uh, the way they were jumping up and down is if they just won a playoff series. And uh, it, it, it was spectacular. It really was. And uh, a lot of people are saying this could be the kind of win that could really be a springboard for the Minnesota Wild. We're just going to have to wait and see on that, though, because you know who the Wild play next? You know who the Wild play next, folks? <laughs> the Los Angeles Kings. And uh, the success rate against the Kings has not been good. So let's hope the Wild can get it done on Saturday night in the City of Angels. So with that, I'm going to conclude this segment. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to get into the trade deadline, Nicholas Backstrom, and other stuff. Here on thesportstuff.com, we're bursting in blue with Timberwolves Explosion. Timberwolves fans, your show has arrived at last as we bring in a new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, and Mike Miller. We're available on thesportstuff.com and also available on iTunes. Download and listen to in-depth and detailed coverage of your favorite team. Show your true blue and join this explosion of Timberwolves basketball.
And we are back here on Brave the Wild, Minnesota Wild Hockey Podcast, episode number 14. A reminder for iPod users, do check out Timberwolves Explosion on the sportsstuff.com, iTunes, and timberwolvespress.com. An outstanding Timberwolves podcast. Do check it out. All right. Well, this is an outstanding podcast, and it's the one you're listening to now, so let's focus on that. <laughs> well, the trade deadline came and passed for the Minnesota Wild, and the Wild did nothing. But first, we're going to talk about the teams that did do something. Uh, this was before the trade deadline, but still it was close, and it was a pretty significant trade. The, Pits- the Pittsburgh Penguins trade Whitney to Ryan Whitney to the Ducks for Kunitz, who's my age. And uh, Whitney's about five years younger than me. And Kuntitz, excuse me, has not really done much in the NHL to really want to really make anybody excited. I don't know why the Pittsburgh Penguins would do that. The Ducks won that trade, in my opinion. I do not like that trade for them, for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't know why you would trade such a talented defenseman as Ryan Whitney to the hated Mighty Ducks. Not too happy about that. Um, Sean Avery is back with the New York Rangers. Oh, goody. Back with the New York Rangers, so let's see what he does over there. He'll probably stir up something. He's a guy I would not mind on the Minnesota Wild, if you want my honest opinion. Uh, Curtis Foster is back on the ice. He is back. He was un- he was not able to play last night. He wanted to wait one more day. We'll see if he is able to, uh, or not one more day, one more game at least. We'll see if he's able to play in Los Angeles Saturday. So Curtis Foster, welcome back. Of course, broken femur last season, devastating injury. But, man, will it be nice to see him back on the Minnesota Wild. Um, his little minor league stint with the Houston Arrows, six, point, uh, six games, one goal, and five assists. Six points in six games. So, clearly, the skill is still there for Curtis Foster. Of course, you need that to translate to the NHL, but <laughs> clearly a guy with NHL talent still. Welcome back, Curtis Foster. Definitely cool. And, um... Real quick, before I get back to the trade deadline, I'm going to digress real quick. Of course, something slightly important to the Minnesota Wild that you're probably like, okay, why isn't he talking about it? <laughs> well, this is the news that the Minnesota Wild did make last week. This was the day before the trade deadline, March 3rd, Wednesday, March 3rd. The Wild signed Nicholas Backstrom to a four-year extension worth $24 million. Uh, I remember on the poll, I had a poll not too long ago, what will happen with Gabrick and Backstrom, I chose that Backstrom will be signed and that Gabrick will leave. Well, so far, it is dead on. So far, it is dead on. Gabrick has not been traded, but Nicholas Backstrom was signed for four-year, $24 million extension, keeping him with the Wild for the next four years. And, of course, Josh Harding no longer looked on as the goalie of the future. Officially, um, you never know though. The Wild, remember the Wild inked Manny Fernandez to a long-term deal, and Nicholas Backstrom came in as a uh, somebody who was supposed to push Josh Harding for the backup spot, mainly to be signed to be maybe the starting goalie in the Houston Arrows, like Nolan Schaefer is right now. Right? That's pretty much what a lot of us expected that it's Josh Harding's turn. Instead, Nicholas Backstrom beats out Harding. Ends up being the backup. Oh, and then not long after that, after Manny Fernandez was hurt, he beat out Manny Fernandez. And thus Fernandez with his, uh, you know, with his ego. And, uh, he's not a, he is not a happy type of guy getting benched. He was then traded to the Boston Bruins for a draft pick and for, uh, Peter Kalis. So, <laughs> 
who knows? Anything can happen, but I do see Nicholas Backstrom sticking around long term. As this guy is a legitimate guy, he's not a loose cannon like Manny Fernandez, who one day he's a super goalie and the next day he lets in five goals and, and he can't compose himself. Nicholas Backstrom is a younger, better version of Dwayne Rollison, in my opinion. So good deal, good deal. Great to have Nicholas Backstrom returning. Uh, Backstrom had a comment here. It's sort of like a second dream come true after getting a shot to play in the NHL, Backstrom said after Minnesota's Tuesday morning skate around in preparation for the for the game in Vancouver. Of course, that was before that game. That was when he was signed. Uh, about the contract uh, being a distraction, the contract actually being a distraction, Backstrom said, I didn't let it bother me. I didn't want to have any thoughts about it. He said, I was thinking... Just play play as well as I can and just worry about the hockey thing. And uh, that's Backstrom for you right there. That's just the way he is. He says, I have improved my game a lot during these two and a half years, and I think I can be better in the future, Backstrom said. Our core is young and getting better and improving every day, and we're a good team now with a chance to win every game out there. Now, another thing with Nicholas Backstrom Nicholas Backstrom, now I'm going to get into what Risebrow says here, and this is a talking point for me. Doug Risebrow, he's always been very positive about the fan base and about the place, and about the place. It's more, what's the plan, Risebrow said in an interview. And yes, the plan. That's the thing. Backstrom says or, uh, that he is convinced that the Minnesota Wild are committed to winning and that they're committed and that uh, Doug Risebrow said that the Wild will make significant moves to improve and that <laughs> that's a big reason why Nicholas Backstrom stayed. So now I'm going to digress to the trade deadline. Why did the Wild not make a move? Not only did the Wild not make a move, but a team that is one of their arch rivals, if not their arch rivals, and the team that is running away with the division the Calgary Flames were able to acquire not only, I mean, were able to acquire Ole Jokinen, a guy the Wild who have had two chances to acquire. Ole Jokinen goes to the Calgary Flames along with former Gopher and fairly talented defenseman who's finally starting to play better, Jordan Leopold, former Hobie Baker winner Jordan Leopold. Um, why? Why? <laughs> why are the Flames getting beating us to Ole Jokinen? They only acquired a couple of so-so players, the uh, the uh, Phoenix Coyotes, in terms of the Jokinen deal. That was uh, they just got a so-so player and a and, and a so-so prospect. How about James Shepard, folks? They they wanted James Shepard so bad. How about it? How about it? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily give up Pierre Marc Bouchard, but maybe I'd think about it because Jokinen's pretty darn good. The even funnier part. Ole Jokinen scores two goals in his first game, and Jordan Leopold had an assist on one of them. So that figures. A 5-1 to one victory in Philadelphia for the Calgary Flames, who now, this is the talker I'm going to quickly get into as I'm going to close the show with this. Ladies and gentlemen, the Detroit Red Wings won the Stanley Cup last year. And we know that, right? And it is very, very hard to repeat as Stanley Cup champions. The San Jose Sharks constantly have had great regular seasons, but have year in and year out failed in the postseason. And this is dating back to the early 90s, folks. Or not early 90s, but late 90s, when the Sharks would have good seasons and do nothing in the playoffs. Nothing. Right? 
in my opinion, <laughs> now this is my belief, that the Calgary Flames are going to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. They are going to defeat the Detroit Red Wings and or San Jose Sharks, and they will represent the Western Conference in the Stanley Cup Finals. And, folks, I think this, the Calgary Flames will win the Stanley Cup this year. That is my belief. As from top to bottom, this team is the real deal. They are the total package. They have a guy who may be better than Nicholas Backstrom, or is at least on the same level, at very least on the same level, in Mika Kippersoff. They have an outstanding defenseman core. They have a tough guy who can score, which the Wild have never had, in Todd Bertuzzi. Now, I know a lot of Wild fans hate Todd Bertuzzi, but he's a good player, okay? Regardless of what we think of Todd Bertuzzi and uh, what he did years ago on that sucker punch, <laughs> that cost him a whole season of hockey, salary and play, um, and gave him a horrible reputation, he has emerged as well as he struggled the last couple of years in Anaheim and in Florida. He just not just was not very productive, right? Well, in Calgary, he has been productive. And, of course, Ole Jokinen looks to be a factor right off the bat. This guy is just going to be huge for them. Um, unfortunately, yeah, Tabertuzzi is on the injured reserve right now. Rene Bork, another talented player, also on the injured reserve right now, but I think he'll be back. It's an ankle thing. He has a he's a, he's a twenty goal guy, Rene Bork, left wing, twenty goal guy already, Ole Jokinen, and of course Jerome McGinley. Who can forget about him? Seventy six points, leading their team in scoring. He's about fifty assists, thirty goals right now, close to that, not quite. And Michael Kaminari, the guy I love, <laughs> and would love to have them on the Minnesota Wild, being as if he's a free agent. Thirty four goals, thirty three assists. Yeah, watch out for him. You still have Craig Conroy. You still have Taming Lankow. Dion Phaneuf, yeah. Folks, the Calgary Flames are going to win the Stanley Cup, in my opinion. I know they're an arch rival. I know they're a division rival. But I'm a hockey guy, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a hockey guy, and I believe that this team is the best team in the NHL long term this season. I think they're going to get it done. So we'll come back to that later. We'll see how the Flames do in the postseason. So I just thought I would make my first true opinion on who is going to win the Stanley Cup this year. And that is the Calgary Flames. So with that, I'm going to call it a show. Um, the Wild, well, Marion Gabrick is going to come back soon, I hope. Will he be a factor? We'll find out someday. Um, I didn't really bring that up much today, even though he's somewhat close. But it's about two to three weeks away from what he is saying, the, the source is saying. So I can't talk about it yet. We're just going to have to we're, we're going to talk about it in the next show or the show after that as it comes closer. So... With that, I'm going to wish you all a good week, and we'll be back next week for episode number 15. Take care.